You're listening to Plug Into Health with Prevea Health, exploring healthcare topics that matter to you, the latest developments in health and medicine, and the inspiring stories that emerge from Prevea Health, our partners, and the communities we serve. Welcome to Plug Into Health. I am your host, Angela Dea. I'd like you to take a moment and picture an important woman in your life. It could be anyone, your mom, your sister, significant other, or a friend. So please go ahead, close your eyes, and imagine them sitting in front of you. Now I want you to imagine there is a large thought bubble around their head. It's filled with everything they feel responsible for, from work to parenting, family dynamics, friendships, health, daily life tasks, and everything in between. And if you're a woman listening to this, imagine what the thought bubble around your head might look like. I bet the list of responsibilities inside that thought bubble is constantly growing and changing, but somehow you're juggling it all every day. If we could all physically see the thought bubbles above our heads, maybe it would be easier to detect when someone truly needs help in carrying the weight of all of those responsibilities. The problem is, we can't. It's invisible. And for many women, it's becoming too much to bear. Many refer to this feeling as carrying the mental load or emotional labor. While men can also carry a significant amount of responsibilities and weight on their shoulders, research shows that women, particularly mothers and caregivers, carry the brunt of it. I'd like to give you a quick example. So I was at my desk this morning and I noticed that my mind wandered to three different responsibilities that are completely unrelated to my work. Thought one, it's snowing outside. Did I remember to bring my daughter's boots to daycare today? Thought to immediately after. Speaking of daycare, is my daughter ready for kindergarten next year? Or does she need one more year of 4K? I wonder when I'll get a chance to connect with her teacher. Thought three. I need to make that appetizer for that get-together on Wednesday. When will I be able to get to the store? These thoughts almost feel like squirrels scattering across my mind day after day, and I know there are so many more of you who experience this. I also recognize that many of you have responsibilities and concerns that are much more complex than the examples that I just provided. I've asked Lisa Tutsky, a licensed marriage and family therapist for Provea Behavioral Care, to help us with this mental load that so many of us carry each and every day. Lisa, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I do want to reiterate again, Lisa, that there's no doubt that men can and do carry significant responsibilities that can weigh them down mentally. And I think that men, in addition to women, will be able to find some of the topics that you're going to share today very useful. But research, again, it shows that women really tend to be more affected by this. And I, why do you think that is? You know, I think one of the main reasons is that women have been tapped as being able to multitask. Now, whether that's uh, there's science behind that or not, I'm not sure. But we do see that women are often given the, the job and the roles that require multitasking. Women are known as being very good at multitasking. Uh, and, and so that mental load often that comes from 
all of the many things that women are trying to track. Um, and, and I don't know if biologically men aren't as good at multitasking or they just haven't had to. If we look at social roles in families, uh, historically men have gone to work, worked, brought home, you know, brought home the income, and been involved in family life maybe at the end of the day, whereas women have managed the entire day. I would imagine that men who have worked are actually probably very good at multitasking. Uh, they must do it at their job, but they just don't do it at home. And so women have carried that mental load. So some of it, I think, is about the, those social roles and norms that have been established and the responsibility that women take on that this is our job, that this is what we are made to do. Women are also inherently often more relational. If you look at little girls' talk sooner than little boys. Usually their language uh, development is not just sooner, they speak more words. They also are more attuned to how each other is doing. If you watch children, even in a daycare setting, kindergarten, first grade, little girls are often engaged in these relationship connection type things, whereas little boys are off plane. So I think that all of that probably adds to how women become the carriers of that load is that we are the managers of life. We are the watchers of how are other people doing? What needs to happen? Is that person okay? Is that person not okay? Your example of your daughter, I think, is a perfect one. You're thinking about, is she ready for kindergarten or does she need another year of 4K? Well, you're attending to what are her, her needs and that that's something that women tend to do more of. Do you think that term mom guilt plays into a role of this as well? That if if we aren't on top of everything, we, we feel that that guilt, like we're not succeeding as as mothers. Absolutely, I think that there's been this. Uh, there's a quote that always strikes me, which is that we are asking women to to parent as if they don't have a job and to work at their job as if they don't have children. Mm-hmm. And we are asking women to do all of that full time. And that's exhausting. And so we are attending to so many different things. And when we drop the ball, inevitably, we're going to drop the ball. We feel guilty. We feel like we failed in some way. Now, there is this level of perfectionism that we often hold ourselves to. We need to raise good kids. We need to be good parents. We need to be good employees, good friends, good daughters, good everything. Uh, Culturally, we have taught girls that they need to be good, that they need to do things well, to be a good girl. You hear that term often. We don't raise boys to be good boys, right? How we raise girls and boys is very different. Uh, And I think all of that is how we sort of ended up in this place. Absolutely. In your practice, how do you see that this concept of the mental load or emotional labor that that women are carrying how do you see that's that it's affecting them mentally and physically yeah i think you know, from a mental perspective women are mentally exhausted they have just like you said the thought bubbles they have a million thoughts and it's really almost like 
a, a, a train that leaves the station and just sort of keeps going. You know, they have one thought and then another and then another and then another, and they're exhausted. And often uh, that then manifests itself physically, right? They feel tired. They feel fatigued. They feel uh, anxious. Sometimes they feel low about themselves because they've maybe missed something. They've dropped the ball on something. And so there is this inherent connection between that emotional load and then what the physical toll is. You know, when we are living in that sort of fight, flight, or freeze, uh, adrenaline is pumping, trying to get through the day, we're exhausted at the end. We only, our bodies only have so much to give before they're exhausted and they tell us that we need to rest. And often we are pushing ourselves well beyond that point. And we are not getting enough sleep. We're not getting enough quiet time. We're not drinking enough water. We're not eating well because we are choosing to sacrifice those things in order to attend to something that else that needs to be done. I was just going to say, it seems like the effects just kind of, it's like a domino effect, you know, um, because maybe you're stressed out about that, that huge, all the things that are in that thought bubble. Maybe you start to feel anxious. Well, then maybe, uh, you know, you, you, your shoulders and your neck feel tight or you're tired, you're not getting sleep, so you're, you're eating crummy foods. And it just is like a domino effect, it feels like. It is. And I think that, you know, often if you talk to women and you ask them what they're thinking about, they're going to tell you 15 different things that they're thinking about that are all unrelated. And if you ask a, a, a woman, I mean, I could tell you right now exactly how much toilet paper I have left in my house. Mm-hmm. I can tell you exactly what foods I need to order on my grocery list or, or you know, go get at the store. I know exactly how much laundry I have sitting in those hampers. I know exactly what needs to be done because I am constantly tracking that. And that is exhausting things to keep in your mind. But women do that because they know I need to make sure I go to the store and have these things. Oh, we're going to be out of toilet paper. I need to make sure that I get that. Ooh, okay, I'm going to need to do a Costco run in like two weeks because I'm going to be out of paper towel and paper plates. And those are the things that often women manage because that's part of their day is making sure that they are running their home and they're running their, their, their children, and then also working. So you're managing multiple different types of mental load. How do we fix this? What can we do to take some of that weight off of ourselves? I think that we need to stop assuming that we need to do it all. We need to stop thinking that, well, this is my job. I'm mom, that's what I do. I'm wife, that's what I do. I'm partner, that's what I do. I'm employee, I'm daughter, I'm friend, that's what I do. And that all of these things have to be done with perfection because they don't. So we need to be able to say, no, I can't do that, set some boundaries, and hey, I need help with these things. I need somebody to help me with this. If we are caring for children and we have a partner, our partner should be involved. You're thinking about what should I do for my daughter? Does she need to go to 4K another year? Can she go to kindergarten? If you have a partner, that's not a decision you should make on your own. And so the thought instead should be, we need to sit down and talk about that, not I need to make a decision. I need to talk to the teacher. It's more of a we. We need to do life in partnership with other people. You know, and for some people that is a spouse or a partner, some people that's a close friend, extended family. It's really involving other people and helping us manage our life and being able to say, I can't do it all and asking for help. 
I had a, a situation recently where I had a friend, we, uh, my college girlfriends and I do this really fun girls weekend every year, and I did not get my spa appointment booked on time. And so my friend reached out to me and said, well, what can I do? And it was incredibly hard for me, but I said, can you book it for me? She said, sure, I have time to do that. I said, awesome, because I don't have time to do that. They don't have an online way to schedule, and so I just didn't have time to call. So being able to ask people to do other things. You know, and this makes me think about, though, you know, single parents, solo caregivers. What, What do they do? And, and I think that's a real challenge. And that's being able to build a community then. Because where do we find that support? You know, if you know that somebody is a single parent or that they're a single caregiver, can you reach out and say, hey, you know what, I'm running to the store, do you need anything? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, hey, this has happened in our neighborhood before where people have said, I'm, I'm running to the store, does anybody need anything? And I'll just bring it back and drop it off. Can I live in your neighborhood? It's a fantastic (laughs) community. We need to be living more in a way that supports each other. Um, And I think being able to say no to certain things, to decrease that mental load, to say, no, I cannot be responsible for that. I can't handle that. I can't take that on. You know, managing everything is exhausting. So if you have children and you have sports and you have school and you have activities and dentist and doctor and sharing that load with other people. And also, as kids get older, involving them in some of this as well. You know, that, hey, it's your job to tell me when we're out of something. So let's start keeping a grocery list. And we're going to have a dry erase board. And we run out, you need to write it down. If you don't write it down, I can't get it for you. And understanding that there may be times where the ball gets dropped and people are disappointed. And that's okay. This next question, this could lead us into an entirely new episode, which maybe we can do sometime down the road. But this is often sometimes a thought that goes through my mind, and I think a lot of other people's as well. It will be quicker and only done correctly if I do it. I don't trust anyone else to do it, which I think, again, makes that load heavier and heavier. It does. It adds to that perfection. And I think it also... We cannot have our self-worth be tied to how well we do something. And and life is not good because our house is clean. Um, the day's not going to necessarily go well because we got our groceries. I mean, I think that being able to understand that self-worth is tied to who we are as people. What do we bring to our community? What do we bring to our families? What do we bring to our workplace? Our self-worth is not tied in, is everything done and is it done correctly? Uh, And that we need to teach other people to be engaged in life. So if you have children, partner, spouse, making sure that they are also involved. That, you know, family really means we work together as a team. And I think that kind of leads into this point in that communication, I think, is key. And going back to earlier you know, if only we could see the thought bubbles above all of our heads of all of the the responsibilities that we're bearing, but we can't, right? They're invisible. So if we can talk about them, whether it's to our friends, our significant other, and communicate when we need help. 
Exactly. I think being able to find time to sit down with whoever it is in our life that supports us. Now, that may be your spouse or your partner, and so that looks different. If you have you know really close friendships or good relationship with parents who are helpful, whoever that is, to sit down and say, okay, these are the things that are weighing me down. These are the things that I need help with. Can you help me with this? You know, and a really good activity for couples to do, for families to do, is to sit down at some point each week and say, here's what we have going on. Here's the things that we need to do. Here's what we need to attend to. Um, and even then on a larger scale, if you look at things like holidays or you look at vacations, is to say, okay, what's important to everybody? Because everything can't be done. So what are the things that are most important to you? What do you really want to do on this vacation? What, what holiday tradition is really most important to you at Christmas? What do you really want to do? Because we cannot do everything for everybody. If you look at your week saying, hey, you know what? We have a lot of things going on. So what's most important to least important? And where can people step in? and help out and carry that load. But women have to take those thought bubbles and actually put them into words. I think that there is this cultural piece where it's, it's okay to suffer in silence. It's, it's become normal to be overwhelmed. It's almost become kind of a pop culture sort of thing, right? And Sometimes almost a badge of honor for people. <laughs> yep, correct. Who can, you know, girlfriends get together and, and whose husband is the least helpful and, uh, you know, whose kids are in the most sports and who's the most, ex- it becomes a competition. It's an unhealthy competition. So we are not doing ourselves any favors by keeping those thought bubbles in our heads. We need to write those things down. We need to communicate those things verbally. People cannot help us if they don't know. If I could read minds, uh, I would be on an island somewhere because I would have made a lot of money and bought myself an island, right? (laughs) I cannot read minds. We have to use our voices and we have to communicate. But we have to have relationships to do that. If there's somebody listening to this and they're really affected by this and they're thinking, you know what, maybe I need to talk to somebody. Um, I need to talk with my doctor or a counselor. What, what are their next steps? What, what do they do? So uh, the first step would be to contact their doctor and say, you know, is there somebody that you would refer me to? Is there somebody that I could see? Physicians oftentimes have good relationships with mental health providers or even talking to some friends or family and saying, hey, do you know somebody that you see? Uh, most of our referrals come from our doctors or because of, of friends who we have seen before. Um, and so that's a great place to start. I also think you know it's fair for people to start to think about, what if we didn't have to be perfect? What if we just kind of were good enough? Okay, so you run out of toilet paper. Is it the worst thing in the world? No, you could probably run to the store and quick grab some at the gas station that's down the street, and that would be okay. You can stock up on your bulk items over the weekend. Being good enough, letting things be okay. If you miss something, if you forget something, if something's not done the way that you would like it to be, that doesn't mean that life isn't good. It's not the end of the world. Correct. Anything else you want to add to this topic of, of carrying that mental load? 
You know, the only thing that I would add is just the importance of communicating along the way. Because often what happens is women will carry this mental load and then they explode all over the place. And it's really hard for people to help us if we're really angry. We need to be communicating this as we go, is to say, hey, I'm really struggling today. I need help with this. Or, you know, this week is going to be really busy. I need you to do these things for me. To be able to ask for what we need. There's nothing wrong with admitting we can't do everything and asking for what we need. If we can do that along the way, we often avoid a lot of conflict, a lot of tension, and and this anger that then gets in the way of having relationships. The agitation, the anger, the resentment. We don't want to have those things in our interpersonal relationships. Those are really unhealthy. Often that resentment is caused because we are carrying this load and we're not sharing that. We want people to just know that we're struggling. And they can't. We have to share that. Resentment is you know, one of the reasons why relationships often end friendships, romantic relationships. So to be able to avoid that is hugely important. Lisa, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. Again, Lisa Tutsky is a licensed marriage and family therapist at Purveya Health. She recently joined us for another episode of Plug Into Health to discuss a topic that, according to research, affects nearly 80% of Americans, the Sunday scaries. That episode is available now on Plug Into Health. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to Plug Into Health with Provea Health. To learn more and to submit ideas for future shows, please visit provea.com slash podcast. And please remember, the information provided in this podcast does not constitute medical advice. It is not intended to replace interactions with your healthcare professional. And if you are concerned about your health care, you should consult with your health care professional. You can learn more about Purveya Health at Purveya.com. Thank you for choosing to plug into health with Purveya Health.